Listener Production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Oh, it's Welcome to the Footy Talk League Summer Series, where we're showing you a little bit of something else that we produce here at Listener. The Howie Games is Australia's number one sports podcast. It's where the biggest names in world sport go one-on-one with Mark Howard. To date, Howie has published over 200 episodes and in the next few episodes that we publish to this Footy Talk feed, we're going to be sharing some mini versions of those episodes with Howie of our favourite NRL guests that have sat down with him. So the next 15 to 20 minutes is just a bit of a taste of a chat that Howie had with the great Craig Bellamy. In this mini podcast, he speaks about his love for the Melbourne Storm, what it means to be a Premiership player and analysing the opposition, work ethic and success. Have a listen. It's Craig Bellamy and Mark Howard. Before we get into the nuts and bolts in coaching and 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 some of the things that have happened and some of the players, which I'm fascinated about, mate, what does the Melbourne Storm mean to you now? Not as a coach, just just as part of your life. Like, what does the Melbourne Storm mean to you? Oh, that's a good question. I, yeah, I like, obviously... Uh, it means a whole heap to me, but with all due respect, the people that I've that I've met, work with, been involved with, um, that's what makes the club. The people in the club, you know, again, the colours, the the emblem, you know, whatever, all that, you know, is is really important to me, and you know, it sort of grabs at me at, at me hard at times, but, you know, it's been the people that have made the journey what it has been. Um, and, again, you know, you, you, don't, you don't have a journey for 18 years and it's all um, beer and Skittles. You know, you've got to have some downs there as well and, you know, we've had plenty of them, um, but we've had some amazing highs and it's basically been because, you know, of the people that have been involved at the storm, and the, the, the other thing I suppose you know, which goes back to what I was talking about, you know, as a player, like I, I, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed my playing career more so than my coaching career, and and I've got a great belief that you know we need good officials, we need good coaches, we need good strength and conditioning coaches, doctors, physios, all those things. We, we need good people in those positions in clubs. But at the end of the day, it's what what the players do on the field that ends up being what the club's about. Champion players, champion club. Melbourne wins another one. They're the the ones that pave the path and they're the ones that, you know, I suppose end up deciding what your identity as an organisation is. And, you know, and I'm a big believer in, you know, you can't be a, a good player and go out and play well, consistently well, week in, week out, if you don't do the right things off the field as well. And I remember, you know, Jack Gibson, who's probably rated, you know, if not the best coach we've had, ever had in our code, probably right up there with him. He had, he had a little saying, apparently Jack didn't say too much, but when he said something, you listened. Um, he had a little saying, he said, you can't, you can't play good on the weekend if you're a dickhead all week. 
And so basically what you're saying, if you're if you go doing the wrong things off the field, you don't train hard, you know, you go, you know, obviously back in them days I'd imagine it was, you know, if you have two or three nights on, on, on the grog, you know, that was part of our yes. the culture yes. back then. But I, I think that's so true. You know, you, you can't play good on the, on the weekend if you're going to be a dickhead all week. And, um, you know, I think that pretty much sums it up. So 148 games. Here come the Raiders with Jackson. An overhead pass and the Raiders are in. I think you'll find. Raiders are in. Indeed, it's Bellamy. 87, they played in their first grand final, but you were out injured, so you wouldn't have played in that one. No. Uh, 89, they won their first premiership. And there it is, one point lead to the Canberra Raiders. You didn't get a run. Were you were you playing during the year? Did you miss outcome finals, or where were you at that point? Uh, the late eighties, there, like probably from you know eighty seven, nine. Yeah, as I said, all those. I was, I, I was, um, I, <laughs> I described myself and someone said, "What, was, what sort of player were you?" And they didn't see me play. I, I was, I, I tried that. Yeah, you know, that, 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 that's probably my and, and I was quite versatile, so I could play in a few positions. So, well, you played everywhere, like yeah. every, like every different season, you're playing in a different spot. Yeah, but I, I, you know, at the end of the day, I I probably wasn't too happy about that at, at that stage, but um, because I was always when everyone was fit, I was always playing reserve grade. Yeah, you know, in, in the late eighties, um, but when someone got injured, I was yeah you know, usually the first one or two in. You know, so. Uh, the players certain positions. So at the end of the day, I, I always had that mentality: just go out there, do do your best for the team, and and whatever will be will be. So I was on the bench in '89, but I, I didn't get a run back in them days. I think you had four replacements, but you could have as many players as, as you liked on the bench. Um, so I didn't get a run um, in uh, that year, but we made the grand final again in 1990, and yep. um, I actually, I ain't, I ain't played five or six minutes, I think, um, but that was probably the highlight of, of my career. Yeah, we, we had a win over Penrith. But I actually played reserve in the reserve grade game the same day that year in 1990 and uh, we got beaten extra time. So um, I was the captain of the reserve grade side probably because I was there. So on the same day, on the grand final, you, you lost in extra time and then you won a senior premiership. Yeah, so how, how, the, <laughs> how it used to work back then, I think um, – yeah, the, the interchange and the, and the reserve rules changed a lot. Um, and I think in 1990, you could have two fresh reserves on your bench, and but you could have four replacements. So two other guys could come in on the bench that played reserve grade that day, but they had to have played at least a half a game. So we played that, that day, and I didn't really sort of expect because we had two fresh reserves and... Yeah, we went extra time. I think we played 100 minutes or something like that. Um, so, but I, I was, you know, just so, you know, and I'll always be indebted for Tim Shearing to, to put me on. You know, and it wouldn't have been an easy decision. Like, I think we we're only up about four, we only won by about four points when he put me on. So, um, but like I say, it was the thrill of a lifetime, you know, being, um, being there 
grand final day, you know, when the siren went and you're on the field um, and, and you've won. Uh, there's no feeling like that. Inside the Penrith 22, Alexander's lost the football. The Raiders have it. It's all over. The grand final is over. The premiership has gone back to Canberra. The Raiders have beaten a very gallant Penrith side. A tremendous performance from a champion football team. So what does that mean to you to be a a premiership player, like as you said, you've described it, you've come from a working class and you said you weren't the most talented player. What's it like when, you then, you, you know, you've seen and coached a lot of blokes to it now, but what does it mean to you to be a, uh, what was it then, the Winfield Cup? The Winfield Cup, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like that, as I said, as far as playing goes, that, that's been the highlight of my career and to be quite honest, it probably is the highlight of my career. Always, uh, you know, I don't want to... Uh, Play down coach's role, but I've always, I always enjoyed my playing more than I enjoyed my coaching. To be quite honest, um, I think when you're actually out there, you feel you know, and you're getting dirty and sweaty, and you're actually taking the knocks. You know, you feel a bit more, um, uh, well, I suppose, part of it than when you're sitting up in the box. You know, telling someone they should be doing this or hoping someone will be doing that. So I've always. I think I always got more enjoyment out of um, out of playing than I, I do out of coaching. Having said that, it's a it's a different thing with the coaching. You know, obviously, um, you know, just being part of of a team and being responsible for helping players be the best players they can be, and then helping your team to be the best team you know they can be. You know, that that's obviously rewarding as well. But um, as I said, for me, it was always I always got more enjoyment out of playing than I have coaching. <laughs> I'll get you to talk to me about hard work, but someone told me a story yesterday about you that you're looking at the opposition attack generally these days for the Melbourne Storm. So you're trying to figure out how you need to defend. Have I got that right so far? Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's what I see as my main role. Um, yeah, we've we all got roles as players and coaches and um Basically, mine is the team defence. That, that, that's So if, that's if you're working on the team defence, again, it was explained to me in the edits, you can look back at the last X number of games, the last next team you're going to play and look where they scored their tries and that's where you're setting up your defence from. This person, who shall remain nameless, um, who only had wonderful things to say to you, everyone only has wonderful things to say to you, said that you brought up a bit of vision and saying, okay, this team, we are playing them next. This happened six weeks ago and it wasn't from a try-scoring edit. It was a bit of general play where they didn't score a try and you said this could happen. This could happen next week. They didn't score a try but they may attempt it against us. And to this person that was telling me the story, they were like, well, Craig could have just gone and looked at the tries in the edit and that would take a fair while. But he's obviously going back and analysing the game minute by minute by minute. And that was an example that they were telling me about your work ethic. I, I don't know if this is a, a particular point that you remember in your mind, but is that what it comes down to you to be a success is your work ethic? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And you know, to me, I, I think if I just, I just, if we got opposition this week, if I just look at, all their tries or all their line breaks for the last six weeks, that's taking shortcuts. Right. To me, I've got to watch the whole game to see how did that break come or how did that try come. And sometimes it might be, it might come from two minutes before. So if you just go into and clip on their tries, you're not going to see that. 
So that's that's the thing I'm talking about taking shortcuts. It's easy to to go and look at the big things. You know, I sort of pride myself on, you know, finding the little things, the little things that our opposition build their game on, build their attack on, and, um, you know, when they're at their most dangerous. Sometimes it's not just when they, you know, they go through the line or go over the line. You know, it might have been something that happened, you know, five or six tackles before or two minutes before. That that That's where that try has come from. So, so I try and, you know, find out, I suppose, the source of, 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 yep. of why, why they're a good attacking team or why their attack is, is, is what it is and then, uh, and, and then try and build on that. So if it comes down to work ethic, how do you then treat others within the organisation, whether they be players or staff? We're not talking about the specifics here, but how do you treat others when you see that they don't have a similar work ethic to you? I guess in a playing sense, because this is obviously what you built your playing and your coaching career on, work yeah, ethic. Yeah. Yeah, again, that's that, that's the the thing I, I look at in new players to our club, um, players that we might be looking to sign, to sign. You know, you do your homework at, you know, asking other people about their work ethic. At the end of the day, like, again, you know, it's, you know, I'm not fanatical about, you know, they have to do this and they have to do that or whatever, but what they need to do is get their job done. So one of my biggest jobs is making sure that every person, not, not, not players, every person that comes into our, into our operation, into our club, understands what their role is. Because um, sometimes I can get a bit confused with that. So that's probably the first thing I sit down to a, a new person, whether it's a physio, whether it's a player, wherever it is. This is what this is your main responsibility. This is what we need you to do. And if you get them done, you're not gonna. I'm not gonna come and interfere and um, you know talk to you. But at the end of the day, that's no one else can do this job for us. It's your job. It's your role. It's your responsibility. And I, I just think that, you know, if, you know, when you've got responsibility, you, you take pride in getting that job done. And if you don't, well, you know, you're not passionate about it, so, you know, go and do something else. So with your players, also talking to a few of your players, um, all of them came back to the same thing, Craig, is that as complex as a game it can be in modern sport, they were all saying that you make their role so simplistic. You give them maybe two things to do and one of those things is always, in all their words, Craig, stick your tackles and we'll be all right. Stick your tackles. <laughs> yeah, that might be a little saying. I've got to know. But like I say, at the end of the day, I, I you know, I'm, I ain't the smartest guy in the world either. So, and I don't like complexity and I don't, I, I don't think, I think at times people make our game too complex um, so I just think it's for everyone involved, the more simple things are, the more simple we can make them, the more simple they can learn about what they need to know about. So instead of complicating things and because I find the complicated things usually are, are not the, the complicated things are not the things that happen most often. It's the less complicated things that happen most often, and that's what you've got to be aware of. Not if something happened, you know, they've, the opposition or we've done, you know, two things within six, in, in six weeks. Well, you know, at, at the end of the day, that's not a, a common trait. You've got to find the common traits. You know, 
with our own team and with the opposition um, and simplify things for our players so they understand it so that they're really clear. I don't want going in there thinking, oh, is it that or oh, it might be this. At the end of the day, it's got to be really clear. And as I say, I, I find I, yeah, I operate a lot better when I look at things in a simplified form. So that's just a small taste of a longer episode published in the Howie Games podcast feed. It's actually been broken up into two episodes, part A and part B with Craig Bellamy. If you want to listen to those episodes, you can do so via the link in the description here. In these episodes, Craig also speaks about his background and his family, how it has all brought together to make him who he is today, how he got his nickname, and he speaks about his trans from playing into coaching. We'll be back with some more Footy Talk League brand new content for you in 2024 very soon. So make sure you subscribe if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review.